the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored the boat. When they got out of the boat, people at once recognized him and rushed about that whole region and began to bring the sick on mats to wherever they heard he was and wherever he went. Into villages or cities or farms, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and begged him that they might touch even the fringe of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Whether we uh, know it or not, we are officially in ordinary time. Ordinary time. This is the longest period in the church's year when the church strives to learn and grow and reflect upon itself. And ordo, which is the root of ordinary, of course means rule or line. And for us this year, the ordinary time starts the Sunday after Trinity and stretches until the last Sunday in Pentecost, which, of course, is the last Sunday before Advent, 27 weeks. So it would appear that all of us are in a fair amount of need to learn about the basics of our church. Sort of like a boat, I think, and of course, that would be very appropriate because one of the symbols of our church is a boat. We're all sitting in the boat right now, the novel, the name. And it's sort of this ordinary time is the time when you fix the sails, you make sure the ropes are in order, you paint the boat. And I think most importantly, you make sure you have the proper ballast in the boat so that it doesn't get off course. It doesn't get upended by a sudden wave or a sudden change. It stays right on course. So we are in ordinary time. It's not so ordinary, really. And today we read Mark's Gospel and the story about Jesus and his apostles and some of the special things he does. But let's step back just for one moment and look at Mark's gospel as a whole. We remember that Mark 
was the earliest gospel. There are reports that from Eusebius, who was a 4th century bishop and a church historian, that Mark had the opportunity to go to Rome and interview Peter while he was in jail, about to be killed. And it is said, this might be apocryphal, but nevertheless it is said that Mark wrote down some of the incredible things that Peter saw. Never been written down before. In fact, before Mark, the major tradition of belief was through oral records. People passing on stories. Other people memorizing them and sharing them in special ways. But Mark chose to write them down. And that is what a gospel is. It is the good news of Jesus Christ written down. The good news. And what is the good news? The good news, of course, is the revelation of Jesus Christ on earth for man and for those that he loves in a, in a story of redemption, a marvelous story of redemption. But Mark, maybe because he's the first, and maybe because he could sort of warm his face from the stories of miracles, the story of the resurrection, he might have written things a little differently. In fact, maybe the way he felt when he started to write was like those two disciples. Do you remember after the resurrection, they were trudging along to Emmaus, this little town, and they were saying, boy, we don't know what the hell's going on. We've heard all this funny stuff about what's happened. Some people say that our leader showed up, and other people say he didn't. What is going on? And we remember they were joined by Christ, but they didn't know who it was. And first he walked with them and revealed everything, revealed everything about the Scriptures, so that they came to know that. And then he brought them to an inn and fed them teaching and feeding. And this was the experience that they got from God. And how did they feel? What, what was it that they felt? Our hearts burned within us. And I think that's probably what Mark was feeling when he started to write this gospel. I want you to listen to the first sentence the first verse of the first chapter of the Gospel according to St. Mark. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Where are the angels? Where are the cows? Where are the wise men? Where's the little baby? No, no. You see, he was in the face of the resurrection. He wasn't going to waste time talking about that stuff. He is right into, right into 
the story of salvation. He wants the people who read this book, and this is, I think, what's really special about it, the gospel. They read it, and they come to believe. That's all they need. They don't need necessarily to see Jesus. That's the power of the gospel. And I think that was Mark's intent. And so he goes on from there to do all sorts of things to show that there is there are special things that Jesus does and says that have certain effects on people, which changes them forever and makes them do and believe, I should say believe and do, a whole group of things that they never thought that they could do. Either because they were too afraid, or too evil, or too selfish, or what have you. So keeping that in mind, now we come to this lecture, which is a little bit complicated because, as you can see, it's broken into two halves, and there's a very big middle section. But not to worry. The first section has to do with an experience that Christ's disciples had um, in the sixth chapter of Mark before the beheading of John, which, if you remember, we discussed last week. And this was a commissioning. What happened was Jesus decided he was going to send these people out to do a, a job. And there were certain sort of characteristics uh, of this job. They were going to be sent out two by two. I wonder why. So they could keep an eye on each other. Right? I mean, seriously, this is pretty powerful stuff, and you could go up and set up your own shop, you know? So two by two. All right? He gave them the authority uh, over uh, unclean spirits. And... Just like now, there are a lot of unclean spirits around. And he gave them a great power to be able to banish them on his behalf. But he wasn't there. He empowered them to do that. What a gift. Really, what a gift. You know? McLean's could learn something from this. <laughs> then he said, travel light. Travel light. The more you carry with you, and he wasn't just talking about, you know, things. He was talking about mental things. The more you carry with you, the less you'll be able to serve me. It makes sense. Then he says, if you get yourself into a jam, you know, in one of these villages, you know, where they, they don't like you, don't worry. Don't worry. Just go on. You know, shake the dust from your feet and move on to the next village. You're doing God's work, and if they don't want it, too bad. Move on. Really, move on. And finally, all people should repent and seek God. And this has to do with preaching and the conversion of life, the turning around. That's a, a fancy word in uh, uh, scholars uh, of the New Testament. It's called metanoia, metanoia, as opposed to its sister paranoia, which means uh, to look forward with fear. Metanoia means to turn around and look, as opposed to looking ahead and worrying about what's coming uh, your way. That is what they were teaching. Metanoia. And, of course, along with the healing that was offered by 
the casting out the unclean spirits. They were anointing with oil and healing people's physical ailments. That's what they were doing. And so they were coming back to talk to Jesus. And the thing that's amazing about Mark is there's this word apostle. Apostle. This is the only place in the entire gospel that the word apostle is used. Now we know what the word disciple means. That's a student. What does the word apostle mean? Well, simply it means one who is sent. But that carries some baggage. One who is sent means commissioned. Means you have some authority. It means you're accountable to God. And that's essentially what they were doing. Jesus said, I've got to know you guys. And uh, you came from pretty humble origins. You're just like every other human creature. You're filled with fear, doubt, insecurity. But there are good things about you. And you've been with me long enough that I trust you to go out. So, he sends them out. We, who have ears to hear, let us hear. Let us hear what happened. So, they come back and they report to Jesus, just like they're supposed to. And then, Jesus says, you know what, we need a rest. This is very hard work, and we should go to a deserted place. Now, they are meeting on the shores uh, of the Sea of Galilee, on the western bank. The western bank of the Sea of Galilee is relatively flat, and um, the shore is a little bit muddy, um, and it has some reeds in it and things like that. Whereas on the west side, there's a bigger hills, or not, not mountains, but hills. And, and so they're all sort of standing around, and, uh, and the boat's there, and um, there's some amazing things that start to happen. And just remember, they're all scripted. This is all scripted by Mark. And he's trying to say, look, first off, this is the effect that Jesus had on people. You know, they become apostles. People who couldn't do this, you know? Just normal people. They, they don't want to do this. They want to go fishing or do what they're supposed to do. They, they, they changed all that. So what else is there to show about the resurrection, about that this is the kingdom of God, about the fact that Jesus is here, and he's the real deal. He's the real Messiah. Well, we see all these people showing up. Hundreds and hundreds of people. Why are they showing up? I mean, is this like some kind of a show or entertainment? No, no. He was in their villages, and there was a girl with a horrible cleft lip. There was another girl who couldn't walk. There was a little boy with seizures. And Jesus came among them and healed them. And these children's parents saw this. They saw this. They felt the power of Christ. That is what the kingdom of God is. And that's what Mark sort of wants us to understand. So that having read, we don't need necessarily to see those things. We can come to believe and have faith that God is with us also. But nevertheless, that's what Jesus did because, you know, according to Mark and what he heard from Peter, that's what Jesus did. He healed people. But if you understand that, that there are thousands of people running around. 
it's sort of almost comical, isn't it? Like, so Jesus says, okay, okay, guys, we got to get into the boat. We've got to go somewhere else, you know, because we've got to rest and be quiet and, you know, that kind of thing. You know, it's generally cool, you know, because it's not easy being an apostle. And so they go out and they go to the shore. Now, this is like, this is like the southern end, the southern end of the Sea of Galilee, where the shore actually is quite a bit rougher. And what's going on? The people, the thousands of people who are on the side of the shore, it's sort of like a, you know, kind of like a comedy. They all start running. They're, they're desperate. I mean, they really are. They're desperate for Christ. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I've done what they were doing to get next to Jesus. You know, I might be too self-conscious, or I might worry about getting my loafers full of sand, or, you know, a whole lot of other things. But these people, simple people, they got it. They understood who he was. And because of that, they wanted to spend as much time with him as they could. And it was out of control. There's thousands of them, and they all run off to the next stop, which is where they're all resting, you know. But they can't rest, you know. Jesus' work is never done. And so, at that point, you know, he says, you know, we, you know, we, we have to try to heal them and do what we can for them and, and, and support them. These are just, you know, the ordinary people. But then after a while, they leave there and they finally say, we're going over to Gennesaret, which was not, not so much, there, was, there might have been a town, I don't remember, but there, there's a province, there was a Roman province uh, called Gennesaret, and it's on the eastern side of the Sea of Galilee, about two or three miles, and they, they took the boat out, and guess what, the same thing happened. Now why would Mark mention this twice? You know, you know why? He has a purpose for everything. He mentions it twice, I think, because he's trying to say, this is the kingdom of God, breaking into these people's lives, and they didn't expect it, they didn't ask for it, they didn't even know about it. And it's changed them forever. That's the gospel. That's what the gospel is. It's a living thing. It's a breathing thing. It's a thing that we can read. And if we so choose, if we are willing, it can lead us to believe in the same passionate way that led these simple people to believe. And isn't that marvelous? It is truly marvelous. That is our Lord reaching out through the gospel and touching our hearts, just like those two disciples in Emmaus. So, I think you'll agree. Ordinary time isn't really so ordinary, is it? Amen?